Why do birds suddenly appear every time Path Girl's near? Just like me, she wants to be anal probed. I was going to join in and say close to you, but you had to go with anal probing. Well, you know, I figured it was going to sound lame. Like a little too lame for me, so I had to put in some anal in. And you would like an anal probe. Oh, yes, please. I haven't been anal probed in quite a long time. Has it been at least three weeks now, Bath Girl? Uh, it's come, no, I had some, some fun stuff last week, but no anal there. So it's just been like, Ugh. I like to prep for anal. So it's, you know, it's not something I do like to do rushed. You know, <laughs> bravo. Yes. I, I'm going to say bravo. And... I don't know if we've done an anal prep segment in a while. Oh, okay. But it is something, I mean, you definitely have to think about it and not to be gross or whatever, but if you're going to fucking ass, that's where poop comes yeah. out of. So you got to kind of, you got to kind of know, have I had a good bowel movement today? Um, if I haven't, if, if things are a little messy down there, mm-hmm. it might not be the best day for anal. Oh, but see, they all have uh, anal douching and stuff. So, yeah, some of the best tips I learned were from gay guys. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and actually, I've knocked wood since I've been following their tips. I've never had a problem with anything coming okay, out. Okay, we'll, kick, we'll yeah. kick with some gay butt sex tips. <laughs> we haven't even started the show. You know what? Let's start the show, and right off the bat, gay butt Going sex. Going to anal sex. Go Woo-hoo! gay butt sex prep tips. The show you're about to hear is for mature audiences only. Viewer discretion is advised. That means you don't have to listen to it. But if you're curious, here we go. One, two, three, four. Do you feel your sex life is quite lame? The Scared that your desires might be strange? The then come and join our kinky world of play. The Birdie Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Perverted Podcast, the show where we explore the adventures of the kinky lifestyle, sex, and the human mind. We're recording on Zencaster somewhere in the middle of wherever we are. I'm Path Girl. I am Count Boogie. Enough of that. Back to anal sex. <laughs> anal sex, gay sex, butt prep prep tips. Yes. So go ahead. Give me a couple. Okay. So some of the tips I've learned over the years is uh, some of the guys will actually use... Um, the squeeze bottles of water uh, right. and a pinch. So if you're ever out somewhere and you decide you're going to do something, you know, kind of spur of the moment, as long as a, a bottle of water is, you know, hopefully room temperature because cold's going to kind of shock you. But you could use that. Um, a lot of times what I do is I have an anal douching bulb. Right. And I'll do that like multiple times until it comes clear. See, that's, like- that is the thing because a lot of people think it's just – one and done no and all one anima does like if you're going to do a full bag like i've done a lot of i've prepped a lot of my partners with full bags Mm -hmm. uh, enemas the big like the water bottle and then you fill it with you know a little bit whatever um that you can't just do those little store-bought douches the ones that are like a dollar the ain't the enemas that are a dollar because all you're gonna do is make a mess yeah, and that's very irritating to your colon, too. So that's meant for, like, bowel prep and stuff, or if you're constipated, not for anal sex. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So you might need to do a few runs, and then, so like you're saying, once it's clear, 
then you should be good. Yeah. Good to go. Especially even with, with an anal douche bulb, you kind of have to fill it, squirt it, fill it, squirt it like two, three times because it doesn't hold that much water. And right. then go ahead and have a bowel movement to get all that water out. And please, please, please use like lukewarm water. Do not use hot water because you can actually do damage to the aligning of your rectum on top of that. But yeah, absolutely. Once, what, even in a pinch, um, I know some women that actually use like uh, douche bottles, vaginal douche bottles. Those sure. work too because you can stick that nozzle right up there and that kind of works really well as well. Another tip that I have used um, that I heard from some uh, heavily anal people is, yes, warm water or room temperature water. Well, not room temperature, a little bit on the warm side. Not hot. You obviously, right. you don't want to burn your fucking inner asshole. Um, that's less than fun. But also to stop the cramping that sometimes happens when you do a big enema, um, uh, like a quarter teaspoon of salt has reduced. uh, And I've used it a lot. I I mean, it's almost a standard for me. I always put in a little bit of salt. And and, and, uh, for some reason, that just helps. I'm sure there's some physics to it that that helps uh, because sometimes people will cramp. When you yeah, get that yeah. Water I didn't even think about. I mean, I knock wood. I've never had problems with cramping, but yeah, I mean, technically, when you're putting water up there multiple times, you could kind of change the pH and the osmolarity, osmolarity of the inside of the colon. So that could probably induce some cramping. But yeah, that's a good tip, also. Well, yeah. you know, this. Look at that. <laughs> Fucking like three minutes into the show, and we're straight up an asshole. <laughs> that's the excitement of being a part of the perverted podcast family. We're not afraid to go anywhere, to the, any, <laughs> even anywhere. up your ass. <laughs> we will, we will go straight up your ass, many asses at a time. Well, those are some good tips, and we'll do. Obviously, it's a good way to kind of break the ice. How's your week been? Um, <laughs> I've been struggling. I've been on the struggle bus all week. Oh no. Um, yeah, long story short, work's been hell. Getting ready for Christmas is hell. My son's birthday is right around Christmas, so getting ready for that. Donna's, unfortunately, I'm a retail widow. He's been working like 12-hour days just trying to survive until after Christmas, so I haven't seen him. And then on top of that, um, Kat and Doc had a a kinky Christmas get-together at their house last week, and it was supposed to be a play party. But unfortunately, uh, Doc, one of the last events he went to with a bunch of our friends, he injured his hand yes. doing a punching scene. He actually yes. uh, tore a tendon in his hand. So he's all splinted up, possibly needing surgery. Oh, my God. We yeah. tell people all the time. Now, Doc is an experienced top. Yes. A very experienced top. But even a very experienced top, I have to put out the tip. You, as the top are never going to beat a masochist's ass versus your hand. (laughs) Your hand, like especially with spanking, you will break blood vessels. I have bruised my hands. You know, the ass, especially if it's a a full-sized ass, that's got some real estate and like inches of cushion and inches of muscle. Uh-huh. The the amount of distance between the surface of your palm and joints and tendons is like a quarter inch. Yeah. So it's really easy to fuck up your hand and you get that ego like, I'm going to make this bitch squeal or make him squeal or whatever. Uh-huh. And uh, you can do a lot of damage to your hands. And especially if you 
or if you're doing punching, you can hit wrong. You can jam a knuckle. You can, I mean, there's, you yeah. gotta be careful with an ass. It's, it's yeah, I'm, more durable than you think. Yeah. This was just a lucky shot. I mean, this is, you know, Doc's, you know, done, I've seen him do a couple dozen punching scenes. Uh, we actually, uh, have a nickname for him as fist. So fury, um, but, uh, it, it's just, you know, the bottom he was playing with was extremely heavy and, you know, he punches really hard on her and it was just a lucky shot where he just, you know, jammed his knuckle. And then Ugh. like at the end of the night, he went to go pick up a flogger and like, he couldn't even like grip it. He goes, yeah, this is, no. this is, this is not good. So he's like, oh, I'll just let, let it off for a couple of days. And then it was like, uh, yeah, once I'm going to the doctor going, uh, no, it's a little more than that. But the funny thing is, um, he showed me his medical record. Cause I even said, to him i'm like how did you explain this to the doctor and we're all started laughing and he's like uh yeah i told him i had a couple of guys over at the house and we were mussing around with a punching bag and then uh yeah. when i was taking the punching bag down it kind of slipped out of my hand but uh on his medical chart it said um patient injured injured his hand during fisting <laughs> <laughs> i love it and I it was just like what <laughs> Hey, another place you got to be careful with your hands. Vaginas can be very grippy. You got to watch out. I'm telling you, man, don't underestimate hands. You got to protect your hands. I'm sorry that he went through that. And yeah, now that we're about it, you know, we're here at yeah, New so he's Year's. He's out of commission. So we have a, a big New Year's Eve party coming up. Uh, I think it's tomorrow. And, um, yeah, I'm like, I've lost track of the days. It's completely crazy. I'm not being able to attend either because I got my son. But yeah, he's on the DL for a while. So I've been kind of struggling with uh, not being able to get any dick, not being able to get any play. And it's just kind of like. Ugh. You're just like running across the house and <laughs> throwing your ass into door frames. And <laughs> your kid's <sighs> like, mom, are you okay? Ass. You're all just let, just let mama, just yeah. let mama do what I'm she gonna... does. Stay in your yeah, room and play if, video games. If you games. hear anything smacking, it's okay. It's okay. That's but I wish I could be into – I know there's plenty of people that are into solo play, and I just can't get into solo play when I know the hit's coming. You know what I mean? I mean, solo play, if you're doing it like – if it's long distance and you're doing it online and it's a DS mm -hmm. thing and you're telling the bottom to hit themselves and you're building up to the hit and you're making them trace their thighs and you mm -hmm. know – you need to do it the second I say do it or else you failed. You, you, you know, the, whatever head trip you put around the uh, power right. dynamic um, that takes away some of the, even knowing it's coming. Cause you just, huh. you just practice go now, Yeah, you know, and then you have to do, so, you know, there's ways around it, but yeah, self play is uh I think it's fun. Celebrate your vag, cause it rocks. Put a needle in your cock on Fat Life. For your peace of mind, please know that the author of every post we discuss on the show has specifically granted us permission to do so. So, we have a post from the lovely Josie Jellybean. Thank you so much for giving us permission. Jellybeans. Uh, and her. Jelly Jellybeans. It's not time for jellybeans. 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 <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Now I'm jonesing for jelly bellies. God damn it. Oh, gosh. Pina colada. I like, oh, God. Do you, do you, okay, I know food addict talk right now, yeah. but do yep. you shove them all in your mouth at the same time like me 
and just let your tongue work it out flavor wise or do you no no that's that's sacrilege i mean like even when i eat anything like skittles or something that's multiple flavors i have to eat one flavor at a time i, I can't have that much chaos in my mouth yeah, that is that is uh <laughs> that is pretty anal i'll give you i'll give you the anal retentive on that one back to anal douche properly uh, can we do this pose please okay fine sorry <laughs> okay, the anal fine. and jelly beans and now I'm hungry. You, you could put you could put jelly beans in your anus and have somebody eat them out, but you know. Whoa! Whoa! <laughs> whoa! Not kink shaming, but just whoa! <laughs> that was actually a deleted scene in the first Deadpool. So if you go to the deleted scenes, they were talking about Easter and she was shitting jelly beans on top of uh, Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> okay, I mean that's funny. Not yeah, gonna argue funny. They, yeah. Okay, you win. Yeah. You win. Let's do the topic. All right. Shitting jelly beans, and I'm like, no, let's just talk about... Well, I mean, shitting jelly beans could be considered a fetish or a kink. True, true. What's the difference, though? Well, her post... (laughs) I don't know. Well, we're going to find out. So her post is entitled, Not Kinky, A Lesson in Semantics. That's not kinky. All right, Judgy McJudgersons. First off, one of the main roles of this community, this lifestyle, is we don't yuck on other people's yum. We don't kink shame. But sometimes we can go so deep into our exploration that we forget what vanilla really is. And we forget that is what was kinky for one person may not be kinky for others. So what makes something kinky or a fetish? Everyone's going to have their own definition. Believe me, they will. And most will include the word deviant. But let's look, look at good old Merriam-Webster. Kink refers to unconventional sexual taste or behavior. What is then unconventional? Because again, what's conventional for some may not be for others. Yes, I'm aware I'm discussing semantics here. Bear with me. Kink is then, by definition, sexual behavior that is marked with originality or individuality, not ordinary. Fetish is pretty particular and specific. Basically, something is a fetish if your sexual gratification is reliant upon it and your sexual expression is not complete without it. The word everyone seems to use when referencing kink or fetish is deviant. So, let's see what we have learned. Vibrators. Sexual, obviously, but kinky? Sex with multiple partners, either at the same time or serially? I hate to break it to you, monogamy is still very much the cultural norm. So if you're having straight-up vanilla sex but with multiple people, that's kinky. Posting sexy photos? It's kinky. It even has a kink name, exhibitionism. I urge you, remember those days when you were a new kinkster and everything seems so deviant. Don't judge the level of someone's kinkiness just because it's not the same as yours. It isn't black or white or even shades of gray. Boo, bad joke. Yes, I know, sorry. <laughs> I had to leave it in there. It's just, yeah, but it's as diverse as the people experience it. It's a rainbow, a spectrum, a kaleidoscope. Spin it, baby! <laughs> I love the way she ended that. She's just like, I had to throw a Fifty Shades joke in there. I'm still thinking about <laughs> jelly beans. I had to come back around and take them out of the asshole and put them back into the jelly band, you know, a new new bag. Because <laughs> I'm no longer craving jelly beans. But um, I enjoyed this a lot Uh in kind of a lot of roundabout ways. I really enjoyed the fact, like I, when, when you told me about it, uh, I said, Hey, this is a good chance to maybe talk about if you have kinks and fetishes, 
how to kind of approach people, uh, especially on the fetish end, because a lot yes. of times, I mean, especially when we're going by this definition, that the fetish is kind of a thing that causes your arousal. And for some people, it becomes like the object of their desire, their it is their focus and sometimes even to the point of being obsessive, they can't receive gratification without that thing, but it's right. not about the person. It's about the thing. Exactly. So a, a number one would be foot fetish. That yes. is, that is, that's where all the creepy jokes come from because mm-hmm. a lot of the people that have a foot fetish are not like the person is just an obstacle to get to their feet. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas in kink, you may, you know, you may like feet and like to play with feet and be a toe sucker, or, you know, any number of thing. Or you may like doing crushing or, you know, maybe you like to crush somebody. Uh, but it's still you're in a placing with a person and you're interacting with the person. And then feet are just part of the, the thing that you do uh, as the kink. And that's where you would call it a kink as opposed to a fetish. Whereas a fetish, it's like you see... So these guys at the parties and they're very awkward. They just literally, they just walk up to you staring at feet like somebody stares at boobs. And then their conversation is straight to, can I rub your feet? Can I jerk off on your feet? Can I suck your toes? There's like, no, it's just a direct, I just want your feet. And, yeah. uh, and this can be with any fetish where somebody is obsessive about that thing, whether it's titty fucking or balloon fetish or any number of, of things that are fetish. So, so I wanted us to talk about some of those, uh, some of those etiquettes and ways to kind of approach that, but I'll let you go ahead and start at what you think about the, the topic. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people, especially in vanilla life, they interchange the words kink and fetish and they automatically think that, Oh, you know, they're into BDSM, you know, that's their fetish. And it's just like, well, no, I mean, I do kinky things, but myself personally, I really don't have any fetishes. I have friends that I know that have fetishes where like they have to wear something vinyl to get them sexually aroused or even um, men who dress in women's lingerie. Sure. They'll wear that. And it's just that gets them aroused. That gets them turned on. That gets them off. A lot of people don't realize that kinky, there, there's an overlap there in a certain way, but it basically boils down to the fetish. You absolutely have to have it for sexual gratification or to get off, whereas the kink, you don't need it. The kink kind of is like, oh, that's kind of cool. Yeah, it can, it can, or it can be multiple things. You know, it's like right. it's like a whole hodgepodge of things that you put together. Mm. But, uh, but yeah, it's definitely because you can have this debate when does a kink become a fetish and when does a fetish move back into kink? And, and like the poster said, this can go on forever and it is semantic. So, so what's really the point in my mind to take it, what it's worth is when does what you want and the object of your desire change your behavior on how you interact with people in order to accomplish what you want. Right. So it it doesn't matter what you call it. If spanking is the thing that drives you and I got, I'm going to fucking spank some ass and I, whatever, 
is it interrupting your ability to communicate with someone and treat them as a person with their own wants and needs and getting you in a lot of trouble socially? And that's something that, that I've seen. And, and some of it doesn't even have to do with kink or fetish. It just has to do with the fact that you want something, but you don't know how to approach a person. And that can get you in a lot of trouble, too. Right. Or you could try to change a person. I mean, it could be something that like, you know, I want my girl to have blonde hair. Hey, you need to wear this wig when you have sex with when I have sex with you. Sure. And it's like, you know, it could be something like, okay, cool. That's a cool role play. But if every single time you got to put on that blonde wig to get with your guy, that kind of gets old. And it's like, you know, I'm not good enough for you kind of feelings, you know, and it's just there are some people I know, like I have. Uh, a, a couple that plays and every time she goes to the cross, she puts on high heels because he likes the way her ass looks in the heel. Sure. So, you know, that's kink, kinky, fetishy, but it's not like he doesn't get off from doing it. He just likes seeing her ass in heels. Sure. So, but when that kink starts coming into a fetish is where it's interrupting that relationship you have with that other person where you're, it's kind of imposing like, I need this and you need to give it to me. And that other person may not want to give it to you. Yeah. That's really where the rub is. I mean, if you have a situation where both people have a similar fetish, then obviously the great, then yeah. that totally works for you. If you're, if you're a foot dominant and you love the whole control of trampling somebody or making them suck your toes or fuck your feet or, you know, whatever your thing, if that's your thing, great. You guys are going to live happy and harmonious. You don't even need to negotiate that much. You're both into it. Fucking enjoy yourselves. There's also a thing like, say like with the blonde wig, um, if the person's treating you like a person in every other way, shape and form, it's just, that's what gets me off. That's my thing. I have a fetish, but they're still respecting you as a person. They're still uh, validating your needs. They're, you know, what do you like? They're still participating in the things that you like. Then if, if, you know, you come to a term of acceptance that this is what their fetish is and that's going to be included in every time that we play, that's a, that's a choice between the partners. You can do that. Yeah, and it may even be something that, in a DS relationship or something along the lines of that, it could be like it's an act of service to the person you're with where it's just like it's understood this is something that they that they want. This is something that they need. And, okay, I'll do it. It's not really hurting me or making me feel bad. Right. But when you start making it feel bad where it's just like you have to put on this outfit and this makeup and these heels and talk this way. And it's just when you start imposing all these things onto another person, that's another person can go. Mm, yeah. No. Yeah. When it's not their fit, like bimbofication or. Uh, mm-hmm. Any of these other things, if that's it. But once again, that's hopefully when you enter into this relationship, you both have the communication skills to establish this is what I do. This is what I'm into. And this is kind of what I expect from the relationship. It really. Yeah. I mean, rule number one and even pre rule number one. So I have rule no- my rule number one. <laughs> but my pre rule number one is. If you don't give a fuck about people, if you don't care, you can't you can't make someone care that doesn't care. If somebody's like, I just want to 
fuck feet or do this thing or this is all I care about. And I don't actually care. I'm not going to negotiate. I'm going to manipulate people to just, I'm just going to get what I want. It doesn't matter if you're a fetishist or not. You're a douchebag. You're just a greedy yeah. douchebag. And you're going to get thrown out of a lot of parties. And people are going to find out who you are. And or buy a sex worker that specializes yeah. in your kink or fetish. Yeah. Because that's what that's what your life is going to be. So you're either going to be a bad person and try to manipulate people. Hopefully you'll get caught and seen that you're a selfish person and you won't be included in those types of scenarios. Uh, and we're, of course, you know, we're here on Perverted Podcast to educate people on how to look for those things. Uh, and that's what we do on this show because I don't believe you should have the ability to hurt people like that. Exactly. But if you are someone that says, hey, I want what I want and this is my thing and this is what I want to find, but you're willing to at least acknowledge that the person that you need to give you that is another human being with their own thoughts and ideas and feelings and that they need something for themselves too, that this interaction, this transaction, if you want to call it, that I need to find out what they want out of life and out of this, this scenario, even if it's just a play scene, you're going to do a lot better. That's the rule number one. Treat the person that you want something from as a person. That has their own thoughts and feelings and desires. And if you start with that, you're going to have a much better time getting what you want. Yeah. People also need to realize that it's not just an item or something you could put on or something you do. People can also be fetishized. Sure. Um, you know, you, you hear the stereotype of all the time about, oh, yeah, I want to date a black guy because they have a big, big black cock. Right. I'm pretty sure there are probably black men out there that have average size or small penises because that's just the way the world goes. Or I have a, a transgendered um, a female friend that uh, she's out on the dating scene and she's getting extremely frustrated that the only thing that hits on her is elderly white men who just want to fuck a chick with a dick. Right. And it's just like, she's like, I'm getting sick and tired of, you know, like two or three sentences in going, oh, you still got your dick. And it's like, right, right. you know, it's just, it's, it's, it could be, the fetish can be problematic if you're not careful because you could start heading into a little research I did about like fetish, fet, I'm going to pronounce this wrong, fetishistic disorders mm -hmm. where it's just, you're obsessed with that fetish. Right. You just want to leave work early to get that fetish done. You you know you have a voyeurism fetish and you're watching your neighbors through their you know, yeah have yeah sex yeah it, man the it manifests yeah. in the negative antisocial exactly. behaviors yeah yeah and, and and it can even start with something simple as you go to the dungeon and hey can I fuck your feet and some girl says no so you know it, it it's it's a slippery slope with fetishes where a lot of fetishes are awesome um even with me with biting. Biting for me kind of treads on fetish territory a little bit for me. Right. I don't need it to get off, but there have been times where I've been bitten and I've orgasmed multiple times. Sure. And it's just like, 
you know, it's awesome, but I don't need it. Right. But when you that need starts overpowering everything and everyone else around you, that's when you got to kind of have to pull the reins back. Go, no, 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 no. This is not the way this works. Yeah. And, uh, you know, just some basic tips. Like I did uh, a long time ago with the Perverted Circus. This was before your time. We actually have uh, uh, I did a foot fetish. How to not be a creepy foot fetish guy. <laughs> instructional videos food fetish guys need to learn how to not be creepy yeah um and it was literally um it's on youtube how to not be a creepy foot fetish guy i should post the link it's been years uh and it's been literally it's got like a hundred and so it's been posted a few different places it's got like one hundred and eighty thousand views Oh, wow. Female dominance from around the world have told me that they have made it mandatory viewing for any foot guy that approaches them. And it's very (laughs) tongue in cheek, but it also does state some of the basic things like we're talking here. You know, it's very funny. It's, you know, blah, blah, blah. It's, you know, a lot of pissed off a lot of foot fetish guys. Um, Mm -hmm. But a lot of foot fetish guys are like, yeah, this is how I try to be. And then I get to play with feet. If the goal is to get the feet, then there's some steps that you take. Like we said, when you first approach somebody, uh, talk to them as a person, get to know them as a person. Do you like Chinese food? You know, what are you, Mm -hmm. you know, let's have some basic human interaction first and then once you start to build like a little bit of a connection with the person and this can all even happen at a dungeon before a play scene you can get to know somebody in 25 minutes and make them feel like you're actually interested in them as a person it doesn't take that long and say you're in the dungeon so what types of uh, play are you into are you a top or a bottom that's fine you can start asking those questions but don't come right out of the gate and be like, I have to fuck feet. I don't care if she stepped in shit. You know, <laughs> you're going to shock people, even if they're into it. They're going to instantly that red flag is going to come up. So when you yeah. bring in your fetish, whether it's feet or balloons or dress or trans or Asian fetish or whatever it is, don't go for the throat. Just be like, yeah, I got a little thing for feet, you know. See how that goes. See how that lands. There's so many ways to build for success. And it's so easy to put someone off and make them hate you and run away and call it Dungeon Monitor. Yeah. Going back to the beginning of the post where, you know, the don't yuck on our yum. I think some people also may have some shame with fetish because it's like, I need this. I need this or I won't orgasm. I need it. And it's just some of them are weird to to the outside world. And it may be even, you know, there may be things that people see in a dungeon and go, oh, I don't want to do that. But it's just you keep it internally because that's what you're supposed to do. But if you find yourself developing a fetish, you know. You could start exploring it with willing people. And like you said, just kind of take small steps into you can satisfy that fetish, but make sure you're walking that fine line of you're talking with consenting people. You're not pushing your will on other people. And it's not becoming a problem where it's interfering with the rest of your life. Yeah. And if you have a I mean, it's also some honesty. If you have a fetish that is really like you want to shove jelly beans up an ass and shit them into someone's mouth. If that's your jam, I'm not going to yuck your yum. That's that, especially if you're eating. Je- God, why am I keep fucking up jelly beans? God damn it. 
good for my diet, I guess. But um, ultimately, if you have something that's really kind of outside, then you have to accept the fact that because you know a lot of people don't have that fetish, you may have to travel for that. You may have to literally find places that come close to that fetish. And if you can't find somebody that's into your fetish for whatever reason, you're going to have to learn how to role play that and find other yeah. things like what is it about that fetish that what is that that gets me going like with biting what is it about the bite that makes you know gets me to that point is it the control is it the primalness is it you know whatever and then once you start getting into that you can find out oh maybe there's also other things that can bring up you know that same kind of thing you know there's a, i'm just we're throwing a lot of stuff out here. But ultimately, I would like everyone to be able to explore whatever their desires are. As long as they're not hurting themselves or other people. Yeah. And, uh, you know, God damn it. Fuck jelly beans, right? <laughs> but not but not thank you to Josie Jellybean for giving us permission on the post. And I will make sure I post the full uh post up on the fet life page so it was a we always wound up chopping them down very s small because you know they're wonderful posts but we get crunched for time but yes it's an awesome post so go ahead and find it on our fet life page you know what the last thought i'll leave you with yeah in our community most of what we do is vanilla <laughs> right because okay. because if kink is something that's on the outside because so society has deemed it on the outside, in mm. our society, that's not on the outside. Therefore, it's vanilla. It's not kinky. Spanking's not kinky. Knife play's not kinky. Wax play's not kinky. Fire play's not kinky. I know tons of people that do fire play. It's completely normal. It's not kinky. Deal with that. Wrap your fucking noodle around that one. Mind blown. Monogamy <laughs> is kinky to me. Yeah, that yeah, that actually kind of makes sense. Yeah. Which is another reason fuck semantics, fuck titles, <laughs> and fuck everything. Just enjoy your goddamn life and have some fun. Anything can be sexy with Enigma. Enigma, are you ready to be crafty today? Yes, Boogie, I'm ready to get on the high seas and craft some things. We're gonna be whittling. We're <laughs> gonna be whittling wood and crafts and stuff. I will certainly be whittling my wood, yes, sir. <laughs> That's right. Well, I whittled my wood last night, and let me tell you, it was not not as glamorous as hopefully this segment. Of making cool toys to beat people with. How you doing, Enigma? I'm doing pretty good. I got back from a trip to see family this past week, and that was much needed. I got to be an uncle for a week because you know they live on the other side of the country. So yeah, it was it was a very it was a very wholesome wholesome week. So in other words, no shenanigans. Not really. I I before I left, like you know, I did the thing that I think every kingster does before they travel to a city I, I looked to see what was around and right. this, this was kind of in um kind of rural new england and i uh 
Yeah, the the only place I could find was a nudist resort about two hours away from me. <laughs> that every single every single review was basically this is the most bigoted, um, oh, the God. most exclusive or in, yeah exclusive no. Anyway, non-inclusive, non-inclusive. There's that's the word. Non-inclusive places you could ever go. Don't go. I was like, oh, okay. So there, there's nothing. Got it. Okay. But I like the fact <laughs> that you're like, shit. It's the only thing around. Well, let's at least do some research on this. I mean, yeah. Well, I mean, it was. It was I was surprised that there was anything. Um, right. And so, but so I had to see like how, what people were saying, and none of it was good. Well, you know, it's like uh, some creepy old guy, and he's like, I only want 20-year-old hot chicks. Yeah. Hey, you know what? It's nice work if you can get it, because you know what? (laughs) I also am a creepy old man, Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. I want my own nudist beach with uh, 20. Well, I mean, I'm not, you know, I'm not stuck on 20, you know, anywhere from 18 to, you know, 300, Um, because, you know, mummy sex. Mummy, mummy sex. Think about that. Are, are are you talking about the the horror movie mummy, or are you talking about the milf mummy? Well, if it's three hundred years old, I'm pretty sure all I'm going to get okay. is some beef jerky. You know, and I don't know <laughs> if you can actually penetrate a mummy, but uh, and don't ask me why I got on this, but uh, I I won't, Bookie. Don't worry. I'm trying to figure out how it works. That's how my brain works. That's how all of our brains works. You're like, ah, oh, how would that work? I, I can maybe just jack off on the mummy's feet or something like. That. I mean, I guess it depends on like how they were treated. Like, is the cloth soft? Yeah, that. Yes. Yeah. See, See, you're yeah, thinking. Yeah. You're thinking. You know, could I rub one out on the cloth? Maybe there's a, you know, just fill the skull. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I skull do... fuck a mummy. <laughs> That's what we do on perverted podcast. I, I do hang a lot around with a lot of monster fuckers, so I'm you know I'm sure it has been discussed and figured out. I'm sure it's been role played. Oh, I'm yeah, pretty sure. And if you've role played it, please contact us at pervertedpodcast at gmail dot com. Would love to hear about it. <laughs> yeah, I wrapped her up in toilet paper and made her groan. I mean, I I have and then heard... put her under a bukkake fountain. Oh, there you go. I I have heard of like bringing like bringing people back from the dead role plays and that those scenarios but um, oh yeah i i heard one on a podcast several years ago that was or yeah several years ago that was basically they they dunked the bottom in an ice bath for several for a while until they they felt clammy and cold and all of that and then the the top it was her job to bring this this bottom back to life via sexy sexy time Oh wow! Yeah, no, it was it was very sexy to listen to that. That's great. So right? it's like, so you're laying on and you're just fucking this cold body, and you're just all, I'm so hot for her, I'm so hot for her, I'm so hot for her, and she's so cold. Yes, that was a Rolling Stones song, by the way. Yeah, and that's exactly how it went for this person about a necrophiliac. <laughs> Which now we're starting. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I guess mummy sex would be necrophilia, definitely. A bit, yeah. I don't know. I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. I don't know how we got on this topic, but fuck it. We're going. <laughs> we're just going necro. Yeah. Let's just go. I, because, I, uh, yeah, you know, I'm not going to lie. 
I have had more than one partner being like, would you fuck me if I died? (laughs) (laughs) Not like creepy, like, please don't, you know, disrespect my body or something like that. Mm -hmm. But like, just like a kink, like, you know, because it's like for some people, like I've seen it in movie. There's a movie with Perry Farrell from Jane's Addiction and his his girlfriend died and he had sex with her right after she overdosed. And it's like kind of like this romantic end thing like mm-hmm. a final fuck that it's like you know I'm fucking you into eternity so it's not necessarily like some creepy piece of shit who goes to a morgue it's like consensual consensual necrophilia right right well it, it's funny that this this came up because I uh, came across a website a while ago um, and it has like the the, the worst the, the worst movies that came out in the year of your birth, and the one that came out during mine, <laughs> was this one called Necromantic. I uh, heard of that one. Yeah, and I, I, I and it's 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 all about that. It's about necrophilia and and people who are into it. And this is this is just very ironic that it's it, it is this has come up. Well, I mean, it is a thing. And mm-hmm. once again, I would say my personal opinion. Uh, if you work in a morgue, those bodies are to be respected yes. and handled professionally, 100%. and you're not supposed to fuck corpses. Um, but I will say, if you and your lover or your spouse or partner agreed that, like, if you find me and I just died and you guys are all mushy or spiritual or in love or whatever, and you have consented pre-death to fuck each other's corpse. I really don't give a shit. Yeah. I don't, <laughs> look, I don't, you're all, I have to give an answer, don't I? <laughs> I, I mean... <laughs> you're all, he's forcing me to make an opinion on this. I, yeah, no, I, I... Yes, sure, Boogie. Yeah, that's... that's yeah. You don't have to do it. <laughs> and I don't have to do it. And I don't think I would do it. Because I'm not that... I'm like, I... I like a reaction, and I'm just not going to get, you know, corpse fucking just isn't going to get me. Just going to get, she's, she's not going to come. Right. And, uh, you know, you know. Oh, it's it's definitely for, for self-ratification. And I, I also just wanted to say that I, so I Googled the movie because I wanted to see if I could possibly, like, watch this in some capacity. Right. Um, and it turns out that they made a sequel. Necromance 2, Back from the Grave. Yeah. Yeah. Um, nice. You can buy them on Amazon. Good for them. Um, the, anyway. the, I'm sure you can watch it on nec- Netflix. Necroflix. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> You're like, can we please stop talking about fucking dead people now? Every now and again, Enigma, I just need to bust out and remember that I am a creepy freak show of a human being. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, in some of these things, talking about them... You know, it sounds really shocking, but like in the case of like where it's all lovey dovey and like, you know, send me off into eternity and join me in eternity, you know, I I don't know. It's just not as creepy when you talk about it in those terms. And so it's probably okay to tell people that if you have that as a feeling, but I don't think that's, I don't think it's crazy. Right, it might not be something I'm gonna do. Right, and, and 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 like I said, there are ways to kind of like 
enact these role plays that aren't unethical and aren't harmful to other people. Sure. Um, you just have that just has to be something you you have to figure out for yourself. Yeah. <laughs> and I think there should be a time if you're going to negotiate. Okay, you can fuck me after I die. Mm-hmm. You should negotiate that this should be while you're still together. Right. Yes. Like you know. You know. <laughs> I'd like to it say just that keeps I, getting worse. I'd like, like to say that goes without saying, but um. <laughs> like I dated this chick 15 years ago. Hey, hey, just knocking on the door to the morgue. Hey, uh, we had an agreement that I could come in and fuck her corpse in like 85. So, uh, no, no. <laughs> so we're going to talk about making toys, Enigma. Oh, yes. That, that's the reason that we're, we're here today. You're all, thank uh. God. <laughs> <laughs> We're, we're, we're not here to talk about uh, necrophilia. Cool. No, no, no. Although no, we probably did fun. just we probably did just educate people. So you know that balance. You never out. know. Well, let's educate them further. So you had said that somebody reached out to you, and I've ha- I've been asked this a lot of times. I used to make book paddles where you mm-hmm. hollow out a book and get a handle in it and hot glue it, and then uh, you make a spanking paddle out of a book, and it's a lot of fun. Um, because you can get like, you know, fun books, you know, obviously you can use things like Bibles or dictionaries or whatever. And then I'm going to beat the intelligence in you, or I'm going to beat God into you or whatever, you know, you can make it funny or you can get like fun books like Dr. Seuss books. I've made paddles out of Dr. Seuss books. Um, and so, uh, so you had suggested to do this and I'm like, well, this sounds great. Let's just do a basic, uh, toy making 101 and mm-hmm. give people some you know descriptions and visuals to hopefully get them on their ideas and you have a couple of toys that you've made and i have a couple of toys that i've made and let's just go ahead and run through and give some people some ideas why don't you start you said you you did a fire hose paddle right yes so i uh somebody in one of the one of the discords that i'm in the local la discords that i'm in said that uh they was like oh i have they like replaced all of the or a bunch of the fire hoses in uh, the place where I live, and does and they left one behind. Does anybody want one? Um, yeah, yeah. And I I immediately jumped on it. I still have some. At some point, I'm gonna make more. I want to make more. But uh, yeah, no. I they're it's the basic fire hoses. You'll you can um, find them. Don't steal them. You can find them in any like business office or school or whatever. Like that that kind of fire hose, not like off a of fire truck fire hose. Right, right. Um, and w- what I found actually kind of uh, interesting is that that there it was very easy to cut because um, they're they're made out of like a a fabric, like um, a canvas almost. Y- yes, they're made out of like canvas. a hard canvas. Yeah, yeah. So they're they're watertight, but not necessarily. But like they're pretty easy to to cut cut open if you needed to like get rid of it or whatever. Right. Um, and so I had got a like a full length of that. And then I, I I also had a handle. Um, I think I got it from you. Um, <laughs> and yeah, it was it was super easy to um, I so the way that I kind of combined everything together um, I is um, I I super glued the two ends together um, and then wrapped that in leather and then uh, so like up. you looped it over. Um, I, I fold, yeah, I, fo- I folded it over, yeah. Okay. Um, and then uh, drilled a hole through that, and then that's what I uh, 
with like a, I think it was with a carabiner, uh, connected it to the handle. Super easy. Um, it's t- to this day, it's uh, one of my one of my favorite toys to to use because it's it's incredibly loud, and so you get kind of that sensationy uh, that 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 kind of uh, environmental uh, stimulus, but it's also very thuddy. And mm. so it can be very loud, but it can also be very thuddy. And so I can like, I can throw really hard on it and kind of the mind fuck of it being loud makes it feel like it's going even deeper. It's, it's a super fun toy. That sounds like an amazing toy. I've seen, I've seen them and I've seen them done straight, not looped over. Mm-hmm. I think the loop, a lot of times when you loop things like that, that are, so it's, it's kind of a firm canvas. It's a fire hose. If you've seen a fire truck, you've seen the fire hose. Yep. And it just because it's looped over, I do you think that's what gives it most of the noise? Yes. So basically, because it's because it's folded in half, the the noise comes from. uh, It's the same concept of uh, like when you like snap a belt. Um, Right. It's that same concept where you have the two the two sides being um, smacked together um, against the person's derriere, and the the hard the harder you hit, the louder the, the the clap is. Right. Right. No, those are fun toys. Those are a lot of fun toys and firehose. So when you play with that, what do your partners think of that? Um, it, it is a crowd favorite for sure. Um, I, I have found that a, a, a lot of a lot of bottoms tend to lean more towards study toys anyway, mm-hmm. and so that is definitely a go to um, because it's it's kind of unique because not a, like firehose vloggers aren't unusual but they're but they aren't uh very common and so people like to feel that sensation and because it has that kind of rougher texture it's going to be different than you find with uh floggers and paddles and canes and all of that so um from the unique side of things it's a crowd favorite but also because it is studier um and has kind of a more interesting um uh sensation than you're going to get from a lot of other toys it's it's it is definitely a favorite that i i like playing with and uh people like like receiving absolutely and i think you can go on uh craigslist or not craigslist um ebay Mm -hmm. amazon probably ebay mostly and i think you can get strips of used fire hose oh yeah I'm pretty sure you can go on and get that. And so you would want to get like what, like a yard or something like that. Yeah, for for the one that I used, I, I used about three or four feet. Um, mm-hmm. And but like I said, I also have um, lots more. I I w- the the one thing that I would like to do next is actually um, double up on the layer in the middle, like kind of fold it over and then attach the uh, um, attach both ends. So there's instead of it just being two halves it's three and so make it even thuddier and more oh yeah and and, and more heavy duty i think that would be really really cool and and make it a a really fun thuddy like like they're they're like the heavy duty floggers that when you throw them like you're it it, like it is a full body sensation and then that's something that i kind of want to go with see if i can figure out for this so do you order like a plastic fireman's hat (laughs) <laughs> and wear it when you be him like run in and go there's a fucking hot ass that needs to be put out and i'm here to do the job and then run across the room start beating ass i mean fucking if i'm gonna if i'm gonna do that boogie i'm gonna get the full like uh jumpsuit so that i can like <sighs> j- like no shirt but just like the the jumpsuit thing on so I can right. have that look going. Yeah, no, I would. I would. I had that. the jacket. I had a fireman's jacket 
that I got from my buddy Larry when he died. He had a full fireman's jacket. And then I got it, but I gave it to some fucking homeless guy. Because <laughs> I was getting rid of stuff, and I'm like, I can't keep it. And you need to fucking uh, fuck. <laughs> God, I miss my costumes. God damn it. But the little red hat would be cute, especially if it just wasn't big enough to fit on your head like a kid's side, and you had to put, like, a little string around it. I mean, to be fair, that's most hats for me. So, um, but yes, I would I would definitely do that. Because you're thinking, right? Because you think so much. Your intelligence has expanded your noodle. That is exactly it, Boogie. I am just so smart that my brain is too big for me. And and so I, I it is it is expanded to the point that makes wearing hats hard. You will not be head fucking any loose pussies anytime soon. N- no, I mean I've seen that. I I think we were, I've seen that porn. Um, and no, I will not be doing that. That is terrifying. Um, mm-hmm. we already delved into necrophilia. <laughs> yeah, Let's did. stay it's... out of shoving head, a head, head and yeah. how that even uh, is possible. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just going to go and do a book paddle okay. because this one's a little more in depth, so I'm not going to get super crazy. I'm just going to say the supplies that you need if you're going to do a book paddle. Mm-hmm. Some of my favorite book paddles, like I bought this like once again on eBay. You can get old books, mm-hmm. like fun old books like from your child. Like I bought a Gumby book. Like from 1969, and you know, it, whatever. It's only it costs ten bucks, so it's not like it's super rare. Or, you know, like I, I destroyed a valuable thing, mm-hmm. but it's more valuable to me because when I was a kid, I loved Gumby and Pokey. I was obsessed with it, and so to have a Gumby and Pokey paddle was really important to me. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so you can get whatever book you want. So the first thing you want to make sure is that it's a hardcover book. Because softcover books, you can kind of do it with, but the whole goal of keeping it together is you're filling that groove between the pages and the lip of the hardcover with hot glue. And so that's what's going to hold your paddle together. I'll tell you the other things, but that's why a hardcover book is much easier. I've done, I did like the Book of Satan, which is a, which is a paperback. And it's just kind of a pain in the ass. You got to tape it and do a bunch of stuff. It's not as cool. So you just get a hardcover book. And that's going to be your first. And then, of course, you'll need if you're you're going to have to make a handle. So unless you're super, super crafty, uh, I would suggest doing like what I do, which is just get a couple five gallon paint sticks. It's the big bucket of paint. They have those wood stirs. You can get them in most hardware stores. They cost like twenty five, fifty cents. Get a couple of them. Uh, you're going to need a utility razor or a bandsaw because you have to cut out the pages to insert your handle into the the book. So it 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 fortifies that and makes it strong enough to not rip your handle off. So you're going to need a utility razor to cut the pages or I had a bandsaw, a little bandsaw, and then you put it in the thing and, and you were able to cut it. It's a little dangerous. So you got to be very, very careful when you're cutting pages with a knife or a bandsaw be very careful use all your safety precautions um you're going to need a basic saw to cut your paint sticks uh, to the right size you're going to need a hot glue gun a, a good hot glue gun uh with your hot glue sticks uh wet regular wood glue to put your handles together you're going to need some sandpaper for your handle if you want to make it real nice and then whatever stains or colors or uh 
you're going to need to for your handle and then a clear coat or shellac, not just for the handle, but you also want to seal the uh, the book as well before you start using it and dragging it around. Mm-hmm. So um, so to get you started on the basic, you're first going to want to make the handle. So you're going to take the paint stick, you open the book, you lay it to where the tip of the paint stick is maybe an inch or so under the top of the book. So you're going to put that handle all the way through the book. And so trace around your paint stick, but leave about a quarter inch. You don't need to leave too much space because that's a lot of glue. You're going to go through. If you leave an inch all the way around, you're going to go through like 10, 15 sticks. And you really don't need that much because you're doing the sides as well. So you want to leave about a quarter an inch cut and then take the paint stick, put it down, and then you're going to cut out the pages. You're going to cut out all the way to the bottom page. Maybe leave a couple on the bottom uh, I usually leave like one or two on the top and bottom, and then I, I'm going to glue those two. So for your handle, you're gonna you're gonna measure whatever you just measured into the book, and then give yourself about six or eight inches outside for the handle. So if it goes five inches into the book and then six inches out, you're gonna want to cut your piece eleven inches mm-hmm. or whatever fucking centimeters. Sorry, sorry, UK, sorry. <laughs> I, I think they're used to, to converting They're used everything. to hearing yeah. us fucking be stupid. Yep. Um, so it, you, you get it in general. You want to make sure you have enough to get your whole hand around. Because if you make your handle too short, it's not going to work. So give yourself a good, generous handle. You can always, if you really want, trim the handle later and then reshellac it. So then you're going to glue. If you use uh, paint sticks, you're going to want at least, if it's a thicker book, you're going to want to put two of those together. So get some regular wood glue, glue those together, put them off to the side. They're going to sit for a day so that glue can harden. And then you can come back and file and sand and and, uh, stain to make that handle uh, look how you want it. Mm -hmm. Uh, Now you have the book that's cut. You have your handle. Now it's time to do your gluing. So you're going to take your your dried handle, prepare it how you want it, and then go ahead and insert that in the book. You want it to be kind of in the middle um, so there's glue on the bottom. So before you put it in, before you start gluing, you're just going to eyeball and go, okay, maybe I need to raise it, uh, you know, a centimeter, you know, to get it into the middle. If that's the case, you can use pennies. Um, or a couple little balled up pieces of paper, but not don't cover the whole thing because you want to create enough gap for that glue to sit in. So before you put the handle in, get your hot glue gun, put the bottom in, blah, 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 goop it in, and then start filling the sides all around until your glue is now flush with the handle. I should have said this first. I forgot. Um, before you start gluing, glue the back pages of the book to the cover okay. and then glue that down and then put the handle in. Sorry. It's not that big of a deal because, once again, the glue on the sides is going to hold that book shut, mm-hmm. uh, even with beating people. So, oh, also, Enigma, if I'm explaining things and it doesn't make any sense to you, tell me it doesn't make sense because that's not going to make sense to anyone else. So far, are you with me on this? So far, so, so, far, so good. Okay, good. We're almost done. Once you get the glue filled in the sides, you now have it, your handle sticking out. It kind of looks like that. Glue the top page down to the, to the top of the hard cover. And then you're going to just pinch the sides, you know, and hold it upright. So the handles facing upwards, 
towards your nose or face or ceiling, whatever. And then you're going to start hot gluing that groove around the base in between. So where the the lip of the hardcover goes over those pages, it's like a little canal. And you're just going to fill that canal with hot glue and take your time so it doesn't get all clumpy or whatever. But if you hold it in the right position and shake it a little bit, it'll level out and actually get really smooth and it won't be lumpy. So you're going to fill that. You're going to fill whatever's left in that canal into the book. And then as you start going, you know, I, I usually have a fan blowing and mm-hmm. then I just kind of hold it up to the fan for a minute or so. And then it kind of dries. Hot glue dries really, at least it 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 forms really quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then you can start doing the side and and you get good at it after a while. But um, but just take your time and then fill the sides. So you have both sides that are done. I usually you can do the top. Uh, the top of the book, mm-hmm. you can do that. It's not necessary. I, I don't do it because I like to leave the pages so when people look at it, they can see this is an actual book. A lot of people think, oh, you just took the cover off a book and then put it around wood or something like that. And that's kind of stupid. So I always like I just do the bottom and then the side and then I leave the top without glue so you can actually take your thumb and say these are fucking pages. This is a this is a paddle. This is a real book paddle. So, um, but if you want it to be more solid, go ahead and cover it up. I think you're fucking lameo, but whatever. Do what you're gonna do. It's your fucking paddle. Hack. Fucking hack. Sorry, I'm a little snobby about book paddles. I mean, and you then make them, so it makes sense. I, it's true. Um, so then after you make it, let it let the glue dry. Let it sit for a few hours, and then you're gonna want a clear coat. Um, you can get spray clear coat uh, and then do a couple, you know, five, six coats of that. You do a quick spray coat. You go about five, six inches away, maybe about seven, eight inches away. Sorry. And you're not going to blast it with clear coat because it'll just gum up. Just go brush, brush, brush. Leave it for 15 minutes. I know you're obsessed, but just leave it alone for 15 minutes. Come back 15, 20 minutes later. Do another clear coat. Do another clear coat. So you get a nice, thick, clear coat. And then it's ready to go. You can beat someone with it. Main suggestion, only beat somebody with the bottom of the book. So that way you preserve the front cover, which is the money shot. You know what I mean? Right. So if that's that's why you leave that. So, if you know, because obviously you're going to be hitting asses and stuff like that. And it's going to rent. And if you do a thicker book, like say a two, three hundred page book. Mm hmm. Um, that's going to be very thick and heavy and obviously very thuddy, but that book's going to last a lot longer than like a kid's book or something like that. You have to be a little more careful. Like if you use a Bible or some fucking dictionary, you're going to be able to beat cows with that for like literally a hundred (laughs) years. But if you're using like a thin book that only has like 20 or 30 pages, it's a medium toy. It's not going to be, you are going to break the toy eventually. Yeah, no, I, so there I, is... I also have a couple of your... I have the, the a couple of your Nancy Drew uh, paddles that you made from Nancy Drew. Oh, books. the Nancy Drew mystery paddles. Yeah. I remember. I, I haven't done it yet, but after I got those, I went and got a box set of several Nancy Drew books. And at some point, um, I want to have a scene where I'm, I'm beating people with the book, but they have to like be reading from... Hopefully the matching Nancy Drew, but not necessarily. But oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that'd be a yes. lot of fun. 
Yes, I used to do that with Dr. Seuss. <laughs> so you like have them read like you have a fox and socks paddle mm-hmm. and then you make them read all the shitty weird poetry and uh, or, you know, green eggs and ham because you can get I mean, it's cheap. You know, yeah. you can get uh, on eBay, you can get copies of those for like five, six bucks each. Right. And you can get multiple copies. Yeah, I get it, dude. That's great. Yeah. And that I, is- I, uh, it's not my my scene, but like I, I know people will do like a uh, religious play and they will have people reading from the Bible while they're getting hit with a Bible. Sure. Um, sure. I, Blasphemy so, yeah. play. Yep. It's super fun. And I, I it definitely something that people can play kind of around in that in that arena with. Yeah, I mean, it, it really is something. A book paddle really gives you the – I mean, uh, one thing just to to go off onto a tangent. Okay. Uh, I got a book. There was like the library sells books, and this was years ago, and I saw a book on tarantulas, <laughs> and it had a giant fucking tarantula on the front, and it was creepy as fuck. I made a book paddle out of it, and partners were like, no fucking way. Don't touch me with that. Fuck that shit. But for some of them, they're like, hey, we made it so it could challenge their fear of spiders. And it became a whole nother thing, you know. Mm-hmm. It's, so it's just a, another just a kind of offshoot. So if you have your ideas out there in perverted podcast land, we want to hear about your toy making ideas. Because we always love new toys. Everyone loves new toys. Everyone gets excited when someone brings in a new nerd thing to beat someone with. <laughs> and I will admit, there's been a lot of times I've brought in a lot of my freaky, weird, fucked up, crazy toys. And people are just like, I don't know what that is, but I think you should beat me with it. Because it's that's interesting. Yep. Yeah, per- per- pervertibles are fun to throw at people because they... The, the 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 pain sluts are gonna are gonna want to find out what it feels like and they might enjoy it yeah you <laughs> never know when you're gonna find that next hit enigma where do the kids go to find us and let us know what toys they're making ah well they can find us on twitter at preferred pcast they can find us on instagram at preferred podcast and if they want to find us on fetlife there's both a group and a page just search perverted podcast and go fuck dead people or, or not And that is the end of show 369. Thank you so much for listening. If you have any questions, comments, or topics you'd like for us to cover, please email us at pervertedpodcast at gmail.com. And don't forget to follow us on TikTok or Instagram under the name Perverted Podcast. And on FetLife, there's both a page and a group for the show. You can support us for free, yes, free, by hitting the like and subscribe button on whatever app you're listening to us on. It really does help us and help the podcast get out there to other fellow kinksters like you. If you'd like to do a little bit more to help us out, you can visit patreon.com forward slash perverted podcast with our five bucks. If you give a fuck level, you get the podcast a few days early and some other extra benefits as well. And uh, as always, extra love and smushy kisses to all of our patrons around the world. Your support means the world to us. Oh, my God, Path Girl. That's I'm bag. just so ready for 2023. Oh yes, because it's gonna be so much. Better. I don't. The my number one New Year's resolution: never make a New Year's resolution. Yes, Amen. I I have never failed a New Year's resolution in literally like twenty five years since I stopped making them. <laughs> All I know is it's just another day, but it is 
a, a chance to restart your mind, to refocus on some new plans. If some things aren't working in your life, if your job's not working, if your relationship's not working, to it's a good time to reset and say, what can I do to make myself a better person, have a better relationship, thrive more, and just be a better person? So uh, I hope everyone out there in perverted podcast land takes this opportunity to really just sit with yourself and say, what do I want out of life and how can I get out of myself and be of service? And for me, 2023 is hopefully going to be continuing with perverted podcast because that is the service that I believe is bigger than myself. And it forces me to actually think about other people other than my own whiny problems. And it's been a, it's been a great joy to do it for all these years. And, uh, let's, uh, let's do it. So happy new year's to everyone coming up here real quick. And, uh, we'll see you on the next show. See you next year. A lizard stuck in your urethra Might cause your ween to burn and sting Certain STDs like the clapper gonorrhea Might feel like the very same thing Sex with many nameless partners Is awesome in so many ways But remember there's always a cost So if you don't play it safe Bet your ass someday you're gonna pay. A rubber on your dingle might reduce the tingle, but it beats having your dick fall off. Or even worse, getting stuck with 18 years of child support payments because you got drunk and knocked a Catholic girl up. Solo, go. Sex life can get pretty rocky When you got bumpies all over your cocky Oh boo-boo nasties on your coochie Might limit potential for smoochie smoochie Pills and treatments can cost a buttload Not to mention all the discomfort and pain So remember to plan ahead because we know that men are useless once they have sex on the brain. A rubber on your dingle might reduce the tingle, but it beats having your dick fall off. Or even worse, doing anal with someone who's had a bad stomach day and winding up with poop on your cock. It happens. Condoms may suck, but they're effective At helping your crotch not be defective The sex may last ten minutes, but herpes will be your buddy Every day for as long as you live 
And if you're infected, you better be honest. Don't cause the health of another to be harmed. Cause it sucks when a pissed off vengeful chick takes five full cans of spray paint and writes fucked up shit all over your car. A rubber on your tingle might reduce the tingle, but it beats having your dick fall off. So cover up your junk before you fill her up with spunk. I'm so glad we had this nice little talk.